We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up Show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Today is Friday, February the 28th, 2020. On today's show, I break down South Carolina's road trip to Tuscaloosa, Alabama, as the Gamecocks take on the Alabama Crimson Tide tomorrow night. I'll talk about the top storylines, Alabama players to watch for, keys to the game, give my prediction, and much, much more. Also, spring ball is here. Football is officially back. I'm going to talk about the top five things that I'm looking for specifically from spring practice. Also, we do have some news and notes, including Mark Kingston updating his weekend rotation. It is game day, South Carolina Clemson baseball. The Gamecocks taking on Clemson tonight at Founders Park, tomorrow at Sager Park in Columbia, and Sunday in Clemson. But Mark Kingston dropping a bombshell on Thursday afternoon. I'll talk about what it means for the weekend rotation, give my overall thoughts, and why I actually like the move as the Gamecocks go into rivalry weekend. Before we get into everything, this is a podcast sent to you by our friends over at Newground Hard Nitro Lattes. Guys, I love Newground. The brand, the people are absolutely amazing. The drink, however, phenomenal. It is absolutely phenomenal. Everyone that I've let try this say they love it. They say it's one of the best things they've ever had. And it's unlike anything else you've ever drank as well. Guys, it's especially amazing if you're a big coffee drinker like me. They have two flavors, cafe latte and chai latte, which have 5% alcohol. So, It's enough to enjoy casually, but also if you're trying to turn up, you're trying to have a good time, whether you're at home, you're with your friends, you're at the tailgate, whatever it may be. This is an awesome drink, sort of a change of pace drink. And again, I've truly never had anything like it. They taste amazing as well, guys, which is a huge selling point for these. They taste phenomenal. You can't even taste the alcohol. And there's a reason for that. They're made with real coffee and tea, natural flavors, real sugar. They're GMO free. You know, guys, we've all been there. You're having an alcoholic beverage and It doesn't really taste that good, but you're kind of sacrificing flavor to get that buzz, if you will. Not with this. I mean, it truly just tastes like a delicious iced coffee drink. Um, There's actually naturally occurring caffeine in the cafe latte flavor, or if you're more of a decaf person, you can go with the chai latte option. You can find the drinks all over the Southeast, from South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, Florida, in any stores like Harris Teeter, Publix, Total Wine, Trader Joe's, Food Lion. Guys, They're everywhere, so if you can't find it, be sure to ask because, again, they are taking over the game. If you want to learn more, be sure to check them out at drinknewground.com and follow them on social media at drinknewground. Again, that's Newground Hard Nitro Lattes, imported from Holland. Be sure to check them out at drinknewground.com and follow them on social media at drinknewground. Let's get it. All 
Phillips, your host of the Spurs Up Show, as always. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Happy Friday. Happy game day, guys. What a weekend we've got upcoming in South Carolina sports. If you're a Gamecocks fan, man, this is a great time to be a Gamecocks fan. We've got South Carolina Clemson in baseball, South Carolina on the road in basketball against Alabama in a huge game. It's going to be a very fun, very packed weekend. I'm super excited. And also, if you need plans for Saturday night, let me remind you the Spurs Up Show watch party at Cotton Gin tomorrow night. Doors open at 8, tip off at 8.30. We're going to have the game on all the TVs. The drinks will be flowing. We're going to have the after party as well. We're going to celebrate Carolina baseball clinching the series against Clemson, putting that into existence. It's going to be a phenomenal time. Obviously, I'm going to be there. The entire crew will be there. It's going to be a great time. Be sure to come out, especially if you're in town for the weekend. You're coming down for the South Carolina Clemson Baseball Series. Swing by Cotton Gin. Come by. Again, doors open at 8. Tip off at 8.30 at Cotton Gin and Five Points. It's going to be a really, really good time. It's going to be rowdy. I'm going to be having a good time. Everybody's going to be having a good time. So come check it out. Cotton Gin and Five Points. Doors at 8. Tip off at 8.30. Again, happy game day to everyone. I know you guys know. I'm, I'm fired up. I'm pumped. It is officially game day today as South Carolina hosts Clemson at Founders Park tonight at 7 o'clock. Um, screw Clemson. I mean, that's just – man, it, 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 I'm, I'm very pumped, very excited. But we're going to start this show off talking basketball again. we got a packed show. Just like I promised with you guys, we're talking football as well as I break down a little bit of spring, bre- spring practice. So I'm really excited to talk about that. But let's start on the hardwood. Gamecocks basketball looking for yet another win, looking to make it back-to-back SEC wins as they travel to Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and Coleman Coliseum to take on the Crimson Tides. It's an 8.30 tip, like I mentioned before. SEC Network will have the game on the tube at Cotton Gym, but traveling on the road to Alabama. You take a look at this Alabama team. 15-13 and 13 overall, 7-8 and eight in the SEC. Very good offensive team. Shoot 44% from the field, 35% from three. They're averaging 83 points per game but they do give up 79 points per game. So it's sort of the brand of basketball they play. They score a lot. They give up a lot. It's a lot of high-scoring games. So South Carolina should have the opportunity to have a lot of success from the floor tomorrow night for sure. Um, Their head coach is Nate Oates. And, again, Alabama is just another one of those middle-of-the-pack SEC teams like we talk about so much. Again, floating around 500. Um, Obviously, the Gamecocks with a better record, with a better conference record. And it, you, you don't have to stress how much you need this one. You need them all the same. Each, you know, you need them all just as equally the rest of the way out. So a big game for sure. When we talk top storylines, I'm going to start with the guards because Alabama does have some capable guards. For me, though, with South Carolina specifically, it's just where is the guard play? Where does the production come from? Because I, you know, I said this during the game, um, during the game Wednesday night against Georgia. What has happened to Jermaine Kuznard? I mean, a guy that, again, I know he was in foul trouble and he's been in foul trouble a lot, but he, to me, the last couple games hasn't been the same guy. A.J. Lawson, for whatever reason, still can't figure it out. Jair Bolden finished with zero points. Trey Hannibal barely played. Where is the guard play? Because I fear you're not going to be able to win a game like you won against Georgia. You're just not going to be able to do that again. That's, that's not a good plan, in my opinion, to just work the inside and get nothing from your guards. Um, and get out shot like they did against Georgia. So where is the guard play? Who steps up? Can Jermaine Kuznard, A.J. Lawson, Jair Bolden, can those guys sort of come into their own and get back to playing the brand of basketball we all know they're capable of playing? So I'll be very interested in keeping a close eye on the guards because, again, Alabama's got very capable guards. And I think you can expose them inside, which I'm going to talk about in just a second, but you need your guards to play better basketball. You're not going to go – you're not going to win your last three games. You're not going to win a few games in the SEC tournament 
if guys like Lawson and Kuznard and Bolden don't start playing better, just period, point blank. Um, which leads me right to my second big storyline, which is specifically about Jermaine Kuznard. He's got to avoid foul trouble, making those silly fouls. I know he's a freshman, but you got to stay away from those silly fouls. That, and again, I think that's one of the biggest reasons his production has been hampered because they have not been able to keep him out there, keep him out of foul trouble. That's going to be a huge thing as well because Jermaine Kuznar, in my opinion, he's going to have to have a big game, a 15 to 20 point type of game for South Carolina to get this win tomorrow night. Um, another big storyline for me, again, getting continued production from your bigs, um, I think is something definitely to watch for. Again, against Georgia, you had Alonzo Frank with 22 points, you had Mike Kotsar with 19. You had Jalen McCreary, who had 10 points and literally did not miss a shot while he was on the floor. Getting that continued production. Because I look at this Alabama team, they're very, very good outside, but they're almost kind of similar to Georgia in the sense that they don't have a true proven center-type player. You know what I mean? They've got Alex Reese, who's long, who's a big dude, who I'm going to talk about in just a second. But they don't have that big inside threat, at least a proven inside guy. I think you can sort of expose Alabama in that way again. So I want to see some continued production from the bigs, especially a guy like Alonzo Frank. How does he back up that 22-point game? You know, what type of follow-up does he have? Because Mike Kotar is going to give you the same effort he's given you all season. I think Jalen McCreary will probably be in the same point range. He was in 8 to 10 points, if you will. But what does a guy like Alonzo Frank do? I'll be really interested to see how he kind of follows that game up from Wednesday uh, tomorrow night. You know, another storyline, again, it's kind of the same for all these games. It's another game. It's another opportunity. It's another opportunity for this team to, you know, I talked about after the Georgia game, I thought it was a team that really showed its character, showed its toughness, showed its grittiness. And now you have another opportunity to do that. Again, these last three, I don't even call them must wins anymore because we all know just how important they are. You, you, you cannot afford to lose any of these if you have any postseason aspirations whatsoever. So I'm just intrigued to see just the – or I really – excited. I'm excited to watch this game because I expect this team to come out fired up, ready to go. You know, it's another tall task on the road. And I think that's another big storyline as well as just being those road warriors. South Carolina, I think, tied for the lead league uh, for road wins. We know how good this Gamecocks team has been on the road. They've beaten some major opponents on the road. So I'm excited to see them play on the road and and play their best basketball. I mean, I think this is a team that sort of embraces the underdog role, sort of embraces um, us against the world mentality, if you will. And I think that's something you see from Frank Martin teams, that mental toughness, if you will. Um, so I'm really excited to see South Carolina kind of go on the road and do that once again, for sure. When you look at this Alabama team, we'll talk about the players to watch for really quickly. Um, three guys specifically that stand out. Kira, Lew- Kira Lewis Jr., six foot three, 165 sophomore guard. He is their leading point scorer with 17.9 points per game. 5.1 rebounds per game, a true just score of the basketball out there, the guard position. You look at another guy, John Petty Jr., six foot five, 184 junior guard, 15 points per game, 6.6 rebounds per game. He is their leading rebounder. When you think of the fact that your leading rebounder is a guard, again, that's telling you a lot. That is telling me a lot that there's not a true inside presence for Alabama. So a very interesting stat there. And then finally, Alex Reese, who I talked a little bit about earlier. Six foot nine, 245, junior forward, 9.4 points per game, 4.5 rebounds per game. He's a big time inside threat for them and probably the top inside threat, if you will. He is the top scorer of their inside guys. Again, very long, six foot nine, 245, a very long, very big guy. Mike Coates are probably going to be shadowing him the entire game. So, again, those three guys 
are three guys definitely, I think, if South Carolina can hold their own against those three, they're going to have a really good chance to win this ballgame. Um, my keys to the game. First things first. I've been talking about the advantage South Carolina should have on the inside. Listen, dominate the post once again. That's my number one key. Dominate the post. Win the post. You have the opportunity. When you see something like that, expose it. South Carolina was able to do that against Georgia. Can they do that against Alabama? We'll have to wait and see. But I think the opportunity is there for guys, again, like Frank, like Mike Coatsar, like McCreary, like Wildens Levesque, to win those battles inside for sure. Um, my second key to the game, you've got to get something from your guard play. You have to get something. And listen, to their credit, I thought South Carolina's guards played much better down the stretch. Um, they were much better than they were in the first half of the George game. And listen, you got to halftime and your guards literally had three points. So it was much better down the stretch. Jermaine Kuznar made some big free throws as well. I mean, you went nine of 13 as a team um, at the game. And again, Jermaine Kuznar making a lot of those free throws as well. So but you got to get something from your guard play. Your guards have got to do something for you. They got to show up and play better basketball, and I think they will. Um, and my final key to the game in these SEC games, especially in these SEC games, and especially on the road, you have to value possessions. Take care of the basketball. When South Carolina has beaten itself this year, it has been due to sloppiness in regards to handling the basketball, turnovers, things of that nature. You got to value possessions. Every single possession is valuable, especially in a game like this where. I think it'll be a back-and-forth game. I think it'll be a close game. And if South Carolina expects to win, it's going to have to be the smarter team and take care of the basketball for sure. So, again, my three keys to the game, dominate the post, get something from your guards, and value possessions. My prediction for this game, you know, like I said earlier, Bama is one of those, those middle-of-the-pack SEC teams that we see a lot. You know what I mean? Seven and eight in conference. Um Nothing that really jumps out to you, I guess, as far as Alabama's concerned, but you're going on the road. You know, Alabama has shown this year they beat Auburn earlier in the year. They've shown that they're a team that can pull the upset. They're a team that on their – they're kind of like South Carolina. On their best night, they're a pretty good team. Now, on their worst night, they're not very good. But on their best night, they're a good team. So, I think this will be a very back-and-forth game. I will say, however, I think Frank Martin and the crew, I think Frank Martin will have the boys ready to go, fired up. I've got South Carolina. I've got South Carolina getting the win. I went back and forth on this one because I think it will be tough, again, going on the road, night game at their place. But I think this team is locked in. I'm going to give this team the benefit of the doubt. And, again, it has something you can't teach, which is that character, that toughness, that grittiness. I think the Gamecocks – Find a way to get it done. Do just enough. I've got South Carolina winning this game 84-79 to over Alabama. I think South Carolina finds a way to get the W tomorrow night at Coleman Coliseum. So, should be a lot of fun. Again, it's one you have to have, and I think South Carolina will get it by a final score of 84-79. to All right, let's talk some football. Very, very excited to break down some spring practice thoughts, uh, some things that I'm looking for. Before we do that, I want to tell you, my friends, over at Ag South Farm Credit, because the Spurs Up show is brought to you by Ag South Farm Credit. Guys, most lenders don't understand land financing. Ag South Farm Credit specializes in land financing and has been doing it for over 100 years. They make loans for small and large acreage, hunting property, timberland, farm and pasture land, even home mortgages and construction. They have a ton of great benefits, including long-term fixed rate financing for up to 20 years, down payments as low as 15%. They have competitive rates and they pay an average of 25% of the interest back every year as what they call patronage. So they're cooperative, so they share in their profits with their borrowers. So guys, for example, 
on a $300,000 loan at 6.5% for 20 years, you would get back $2,770 each year. They have an experienced lending staff that knows land and knows how to finance it. Guys, whether you're buying your first house, you're buying your dream house, you're buying a plot of land, whatever it may be, there are a lot of decisions you got to make. We know how, how stressful, how strenuous they can be, this can be. You got to get a real estate agent. You got to find the lender. You have to decide on the house you want to get. You're spending a lot of money. There's a lot of things, you know, with the bank, they have to look at your bank statements. I mean, there's a lot of moving pieces and a lot of stuff going on. You want to make sure you have the right people surrounding you, the right people in your corner, those who are going to make the process simpler on you, easier on you, take the load off you, if you will. Ag South Farm Credit is that lender. Guys, they're going to be there for you every single step of the way. They're going to be holding your hand, answering all of your questions throughout the process. So you make all the right decisions and again, make the process actually enjoyable for you. Um, one of the questions they get asked most often, do you finance lot loans? That's one question they get asked a lot. Do you finance lot loans? So as long as it's not within the city limits, they can finance lot loans. A lot of people come to them when they found the perfect lot, but they aren't ready to build their dream home just yet. So for example, lake lots are really popular among their demographic. And yes, they can do construction loans when you're ready. So guys, if you want to know more information on lot loans, or if you have any other questions, give them a call 844-AG-SOUTH or visit their website, agsouthfc.com slash T-S-U-S. Again, that's A-G-S-O-U-T-H-F-C dot com slash T-S-U-S. AgSouth is an equal housing lender, NMLS 619-788. So again, their website, agsouthfc.com slash T-S-U-S, or give them a call, 844-AG-SOUTH, and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. All right, let's talk some football. It's been a long time since we talked football on the pod, like truly talked about football, right? Um, but I'm excited about it. Let's talk some football just the top five things, guys, that I'm looking for and want to know from spring practice. Listen, what are we really going to learn? I don't know. Spring ball, spring ball is a lot more for the fundamentals and kind of getting new guys sort of, um, you know, ingrained in your culture, your system, whatever, getting them in the college game. But there are definitely some things I'm going to be keeping a close eye on in regards to what Will Muschamp is saying, what Mike Bobo is saying, what T-Rob is saying, what we see in the spring game. And I'll start with this, and my number one thing that I'm looking for is probably, in my opinion, the leading storyline of spring ball, and that is just the influx of young playmakers. Because like Will Muschamp said in his pre-spring practice presser, this is a young team. You have 11 seniors total. If you're going to have a good 2020 year, there are going to have to be a lot of young guys that step up. I'm talking at all the skill positions, running back, wide receiver, you know, defensive back, defensive line really all over the field. How do those young guys come in? What type of impact they make? Because what the crazy thing is, is again, you have a lot of early enrollees. We're now in the early signing period. You know, th th this is the, the era of that. You know, one, the, the early signing period changed everything. Guys are getting on campus much earlier. You're not having to wait to get them on in fall camp, which is a great thing for sure. Um, there are going to be a lot of young playmakers from the guys that get here during the summer and the fall that are going to help you out, I think. But the influx of young playmakers. Again, if you're going to have the type of 2020 season that you want to have, if you're going to win seven or more games, you're going to have to have a ton of young dudes step up and make plays in all the skill positions. Like I said, I mean, literally wide receiver, running back, defensive back, defensive line, everything. You're going to have to have a bunch of young guys step up. I'm very curious just to see 
who is taking those jobs, who is separating themselves, who's catching a lot of praise from the coaching staff. Again, I think that's going to kind of give us an idea. Who balls out in the spring game? Listen, I don't put a lot of stock in spring games, if you will, but you can at least see talent. You can see, you know, football IQ. There are different things you can pick up on in a spring game to say, hey, that guy could be a playmaker. That guy could be a baller. So I'm very interested and intrigued to see which of those young playmakers sort of starts to to separate themselves from the pack, if you will, and kind of establishes they're going to be a guy you can count on this fall. The second thing that I'm looking for from spring ball, and I'm going to be very careful about the way that I say this, and the second thing I'm looking for is the quarterback competition. Now, notice how I said competition, and I did not say controversy, because there is no quarterback controversy in my opinion. Ryan Holinsky is your returning starter, and until he gets beaten out of that job, he is your starter, correct? Correct. It's his team until someone takes it. Correct? Correct. But you, you can't run from the fact that you have a brand-new quarterback in there, Luke Doty, who I've talked a lot about this kid and I think is a guy that can push Ryan Holinsky. And listen, competition is a good thing. I want to state that first. Competition is a very – because I'm not just jumping on the jock of the backup quarterback just because he's the new shiny toy. Very high on Ryan. I've already said this before. I think Ryan's going to be your starting quarterback day one. That's my prediction for it, you know, whatever. But competition's a good thing. Iron sharpens iron. And I think Luke Doty, from what we've seen in his film and a little bit at South Carolina, has a skill set to where he can push Ryan Holinsky. I mean, I've said this before that, you know, listen, the, the experience that Ryan Holinsky has is – Flat out invaluable. It really is. It is invaluable, the experience that Ryan got last year. And that's something Luke Doty cannot – you can't teach him in spring ball. And he's obviously got to learn the offense and stuff like that. But if Luke comes in and has the throwing ability equal to or greater than Ryan Holinsky, and he has a fairly comparable knowledge of the offense similar to Ryan, how can he not see the field? He's he's a dynamic playmaker with his legs. So I think that competition, just the way that we hear Mike Bobo speak on the situation especially, I think it's going to be very interesting and very intriguing to follow. Because, again, I think Ryan's your starter. I think this is Ryan Holinsky's team. But I think there's true competition. And, I mean, Will Muschamp said it the other day. He said it in his, uh, in his presser. All positions are open. And I'm, I'm, I'm very happy he said that because especially coming off a four and eight season. But listen, I believe in just there's always competition. You bring in guys in recruiting to beat out other guys or to push them. And if they don't like being pushed or they can't handle that, you'll get beat out. That's how it works. But especially coming off a four and eight season, there should be open competition every position. So I think the competition will be good. Again, I still expect Ryan Holinsky to be your starter, but I think Luke Doty is a guy certainly who's going to make Ryan Holinsky get better, who's going to push Ryan Holinsky to be better. And I think Luke's a guy that 100% I think will play this fall. I think he'll play. Now, listen, the, the goal, obviously, and the plan is for him to play the four games and get the red shirt. That's what you want to do. But I'm just very intrigued and, and excited to – follow along with this quarterback competition to see the way the, the coaches are speaking on Luke Doty uh, and Ryan Holinsky for that matter, and just see how those two guys look in the spring game. I think it would be very interesting to follow. My third thing that I'm looking for from spring practice, 
is the running back position. And just how does the running back room shake out? Um, listen, obviously your returners, you have Kevin Harris coming back. You have Deshaun Fenwick. Um, I know a lot of people are high on Kevin Harris. I am too. I mean, he, he looked good in his limited time. He's a big guy. He's a bruiser. He's a bowling ball back there. And then Deshaun Fenwick has always been a guy that I thought just if he got the opportunity could be a guy, could be a dude for you. I mean, he's been very good in limited action. But for whatever reason, it just hasn't translated to him being a bigger part of the offense, if you will. But you add Zaquandre White, you add Marshawn Lloyd. And Marshawn Lloyd is really the reason to me the running back room is a storyline. Because I expect, I mean, I've said it before, I expect Marshawn Lloyd to be your starting running back day one. Now, is he going to be proclaimed the starting running back coming out of spring ball? I don't know. I don't know if they'll go that far. I doubt it. But especially in the spring game, is he the first running back that trots out there? What are the reports like that we're getting from spring practice when it comes to Marshawn Lloyd? Because, again, I'm very high on Marshawn. I think he could truly be the next 1,000-yard rusher at South Carolina. You watch his tape. You watch his ability, what he can do. We obviously had him on the show, and in the interview talked about, you know, why'd you come to South Carolina? He said, I came to play. So, to me, it's no secret what, what the plan for him is. So, I think it'll just be interesting, again, to get those reports, to hear how it's going, you know, hear from, uh, hear from Bobby Bentley, uh, and just get an idea of what the running back room is going to be like. Because, again, I think no matter who wins the job, I expect Kevin Harris to be a, a major contributor. I think he's a great short yardage back. I think he's a great change of pace back for you. Where does, where does a guy like Zaquandre White fit in? Where does a guy like Deshaun Fenwick fit into the rotation? But I think Marshawn Lloyd, again, you know, people talked a lot about Jordan Birch and how great it was to get him, and I agree. I mean, it, w it was obviously huge. But I could argue that Marshawn Lloyd – was the gem of the 2020 class. I mean, really, he was the guy you absolutely could not lose. And especially in this Mike Bobo offense where they're already talking about they're going to be under center more, I think they're probably going to commit to running the ball more. I, I think Lloyd could be that bell cow type of back that South Carolina has been missing for so long. So, again, just how does the running back room shake out and how does Marshawn Lloyd sort of immerse himself into that running back situation? I'll be very curious to follow along with that and see how it shakes out. Um, the fourth thing that I'm looking for, defensively, you know, who are the guys? And we may not even get this answer until fall, really, to be honest with you. But on the defensive side, you lose two of your big, big, big contributors, Javon Kinlaw and DJ Wanham. Who steps up and fills those roles? You know, who are the guys that are going to fill in those roles? And it's a tall task. I mean, I don't know that there's another Javon Kinlaw on this team. But what do you get from guys like Rick Sandage? What do you get from a guy like Zach Pickens, who I think there may not be another South Carolina defender who needs to have a bigger year than Zach Pickens or who needs to have a bigger jump from year one to year two? Can he fill in and be that guy? J.J. Inigbare, who had a solid year last year. Aaron Sterling, who had a good year last year. What type of jumps do they make? So, again, I think – I'm not saying you're going to, you know, listen, you, you add in Jordan Birch over the summer, you know, Will Muschamp making it clear he's going to play the buck position, which I'm a big fan of. You know, I'm a big fan of it. So you may not even have your solution until the fall. But kind of getting that process going, like who are those guys? Who are going to be those contributors? Again, that replaced DJ Wanham, that replaced Javon Kinlaw. Because, again, those are two humongous pieces of your defense you lose. 
So, and, 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 you know, Will Muschamp really ran through the list the other day of guys that have to step up, that guys that have to be contributors, you know, guys that are going on their third years, fourth years, well, mainly, mainly third years because there aren't a lot of seniors, but guys that have been in the program now a couple of years that need to make that jump, that need to be a bigger piece of this puzzle. Who are they? I'll be interested to follow along and see that as well. And finally, the fifth thing that I'm looking for from spring practice, and again, we really won't see this until the spring game at all because um, we're not out at practices. We're not getting to watch all these practices, stuff like that. But Mike Bobo's offensive scheme, I, I'm, I'm just so intrigued to watch the spring game. You know, the thing, again, it's scary, too, because you don't want to draw too many conclusions from the spring game. But I think, I think South Carolina fans, we're really not going to be able to help ourselves. I, I really don't think we're going to be able to help ourselves in the sense – in the sense of, you know, what has this guy got for us? You know, what can we expect? How much do we go under center? Is it more West Coast? Is it spread? How much do we run the ball? You know, again, you're not going to be able to pull everything we're going to see in the fall from Mike Bobo's offense in the spring game, but I'd be pretty shocked if it didn't look a little different. Just a little bit. So, what is his offensive scheme? How are they using guys? To me, that, that, that's going to be something huge to watch. I want to add one other thing, by the way, and I can't believe, and I think I really meant to mention it more so in the first point about the young playmakers. And this is kind of a bonus for you guys. But definitely something I'm looking for from spring practice is just the development at the wide receiver position. I mean, outside of Shy Smith, who's catching the football? Or Trey Smith, Josh Van, where are they at? Can they step up? A guy like Mike Wyman who got on campus early, could he maybe be a guy for you that sort of separates himself and puts himself in that rotation? Rico Powers. You know, some of these young – again, I talked about these young playmakers. that You're going to need a lot of freshmen to step up and be playmakers for you. Oh, the wide receiver position is no exception to that. So – who are the young guys that step up at that position? Again, that's kind of a bonus for you. I don't know how I didn't include that in there, but that is something I'm definitely I'm definitely watching for and something that definitely needs to get figured out because from what I see, the Gamecocks are hurting at the wide receiver position right now, no doubt. So very, very intrigued to see that as well. Um, all right, news and notes really quickly. One quick thing, and it is a big one, though. Mark Kingston updating his weekend rotation. Thomas Farr. Now your new Saturday starter, Brett Carey, moving back to the bullpen. What does it all mean, guys? Um, first off, ballsy move. Ballsy move by King. Not, not necessarily because it's a bad move. Ballsy move to do it ahead of the Clemson series because, you know, we, we all know how important that one is. We all know what's on the line, what it means to people. But I'll be honest with you guys, I like the move. I, I'm, I'm not against it. Um. It was sort of interesting to me because Brett Carey hasn't done anything to lose the job necessarily. You know, I thought in two starts he looked solid. You know, he had a little bit of inconsistencies with leaving the ball up, but, I mean, stuff was good. I mean, he struck out 12 in his first appearance, gave you six solid in his second appearance. Um, South Carolina won both games he pitched. So, I don't know that he necessarily did anything to lose the job, but for those of you that either did not watch – and, again, it was PC, but when you see stuff, you see stuff. And so, for those of you that did not watch 
against Presbyterian in the midweek last week, or you just haven't kept up to Carolina baseball at this point, which is completely fine, whatever. Thomas Farr is a guy, and listen, I think Mark Kingston is a guy that he he, he understands the type of stuff you have to have to win in the SEC. And I really think that's where this move is coming from. You know, Mark Kingston cited it a lot last year that you're facing guys in the SEC throwing 95, 96, 97, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I mean, the, the rotations are disgusting. And, you know, he cited that a lot last season when South Carolina was struggling. You know, when Carmen Majinski especially went down, that they just simply did not have those type of arms. You know, it's just very tough to roll out your guy who's throwing 90, 91, and their guy's throwing 98. It's like, man, we're going to have a long day. But, uh, you know, Thomas Farr, watching him, the stuff is there. I mean, dude's 95 miles an hour with a fastball, has a big-time breaking ball, a plus changeup, locates well. Um, And I think it was really, again, a situation where now you look at the rotation and you've got Carmen Majinski on Friday who's throwing 95-96. We all know about Carmen as a big-time guy, big-time Friday night ace. And now your Saturday guy's throwing 95 as well. So you have back-to-back guys on Friday and Saturday throwing 95, 96 miles an hour with devastating breaking stuff. And then you have Brandon Jordan still on the Sunday roll that's throwing 92-93. So I think it's an enhanced – you know, I like Brett Carey a lot. And listen, what you know, Mark Kingston said in his presser yesterday when he announced the news that they look at it as a win-win. And I look at it as the same, to be honest with you, because – Brett Carey's not going anywhere. He's still going to pitch. I mean, when you take a look at the first two weekends, too, and this bullpen struggling with throwing strikes consistently, Brett Carey's a strike thrower. Brett Carey absolutely is a strike thrower. I think he'll be a good addition back there. Um, And we saw what he could do in the bullpen last year, too. So, Brett Carey is still going to be very, very much a major piece of of this pitching staff. And, again, for those that have not seen Thomas Farr, Stuff is electric. The stuff's electric. And, again, I I think this move was made as more of a long – you know, looking down the – not even just – I don't think this move was made to say, oh, we need Farr to pitch Saturday to beat Clemson. Like, I think this move was more so made, hey, when we get through – get into this SEC grind, this guy with his big-time stuff is going to give us the best chance to win. And and Kingston made that clear. This is just – it's purely a business decision. It's a decision on who gives us the best chance to win. And the more, and you know, this, you know, Thomas Farr getting moved to starting rotation, that's one of the reasons why, if you guys remember in the preseason, I predicted Danny Lloyd to be a starter. And my reasoning behind it was as many guys as you can get in your starting rotation that have that type of stuff, the better. Because again, last year, South Carolina was victim to not having those guys, and it killed them. It killed them. So as many guys as you can get in your starting rotation that throw 94, 95, 96, 97, the better. I mean, you're just going to give yourself a, a better chance to win ballgames. You're going to give yourself more opportunities to win ballgames. And like I said, too, Brett Carey's going nowhere. Brett Carey's going to pitch. I guarantee you he pitches this weekend. He might be the first guy out of the pen, depending on what, uh, what inning it is. I mean, if you get – let's say you get – Six out of Carmen, it wouldn't shock me to see Brett go the seventh. It really wouldn't. And, again, we saw how good he was out of the bullpen literally last year at Clemson. That was his coming out party. So, I I think it's a good move. I mean, obviously, it's a ballsy move because if Thomas Farr goes out there Saturday and pisses down his leg, 
you know, people are going to be questioning it. I don't think that's going to happen, but, you know, that's just the risk you take. But, again, I, I like the move overall. I understand 100% why he did it. Um, kind of feel for Brett Carey a little bit because, again, he didn't do anything to lose the job. But, you know, it, you got to do what's best for the team, best win again. Brett Carey will be a huge part of this uh, part of this pitching staff. And I'm excited to see what Thomas Farr can do in a weekend role because, again, it was PC. I totally understand. He dominated. I mean, he shoved in that game. But the stuff is big time. The stuff is very, very big time. The one thing I will say, I'm interested to see what Thomas Farr is, you know, a guy coming off, coming off an arm injury. How does he hold up? What is his longevity like? Because he went five innings against PC. So is he a guy that can give you six or seven or maybe eight or maybe nine if needed? How long can he go? I'll be curious to see that. But, and then also just, is he consistent? Because, again, coming back from an arm injury, you see some inconsistencies. But overall, it, it makes total sense from the stuff-wise, stu- the stuff side of things. I'm excited to see Thomas Farr pitch Saturday. And, again, I, I, would, I would bet a large sum of money that you're going to see Brett Carey pitch this weekend as well and flourish in new roles. So I'm really excited about that as well. So, that's going to do it for me. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Before we do go, if you need tickets to any of the South Carolina Gamecock sporting events this weekend, I'm talking all three baseball games. Um, if you need any tickets to next Tuesday, I know the Gamecocks play Mississippi State at home. Anything. If you're going to Post Malone Saturday night, um, you know, South Carolina sporting events, concerts, comedy club, professional sporting events, whatever it may be. Go download the SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code SPURSUP. You're going to save $20 off your first purchase. Guys, like I mentioned, they've got tickets to literally anything and everything. they got a great ticket rating system, which rates the tickets for you based on the type of deal you're getting. So, guys, never again are you going to scalp. You're going to be on – you don't have to ever worry about, am I getting ripped off? Am I overpaying? What's the person next to me paying? SeatGeek literally does all that work for you. They rate all the tickets based on a deal score. So you're going to know, hey, like these are really good seats and they're selling for cheap. I'm getting a deal. I'm getting a steal. I better get them now. Or, man, these are, you know, I really want to go to the game, but they're a nosebleed, but this person's charging way too much. SeatGeek's going to tell you. So when you click that buy button, you're going to have peace of mind to know you made the absolute best purchase and you can go to your event and enjoy it with peace of mind, like I said. So again, that's our friends at SeatGeek. Go download the SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code SPURSUP. That's S-P-U-R-S-U-P to save $20 off your first purchase. As always, guys, I am Chris Phillips of the Spurs Up Show. Appreciate you guys tuning in, and we will talk to you on Monday. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.